Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. So I will open up in prayer, and then we will dive on into the Word of God. Father God, we come now, we thank you, O oh God, for yet this day, O oh God, that you have made, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for uh, each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, O oh God, for their very lives. We thank you for their very assignments, the individual assignments that you've given to each and every one of them. We thank you for the calling on their lives, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, that they should continue to walk forward in purpose, O oh God. They shall know their purpose, O oh God, and they shall fulfill it in the earth, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare now, O oh God, that your word shall go forth with power and authority, O oh God, and we know that your word shall accomplish what you set it out to accomplish in the earth and in our lives, O oh God. So we ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to have your way, have your way on this call, Holy Spirit. Lord, we remove every distraction now. We come against any distractions, any hindrances, anything that would try to even snatch the seed of this word. We cancel now in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank you, O oh God. We give your name glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So a quick recap uh, of last week's uh, Bible study. Again, we're uh, still on our series, uh, Spiritual Warfare Training. Uh, and last week was part 17 of this series. Uh, so we've been on this series for quite some time. Uh, but last week was part 17, and it was uh, uh, entitled Warfare Over the Mind. And we talk about how, you know, the enemy tries to sow seeds in our minds that that uh, that one reason God gave us a mind is to be connected to the mind of Christ for us to have the mind of Christ. And um, and that that God's thoughts are never wasted. They're never wasted thoughts. Um, and so so he places his thoughts in us uh, so that we can act it out and carry out in the earth. But however, the enemy tries to sow seeds in our mind to try to get us to think outside of the will of God. Uh, so, so we have to understand how to, to control our thoughts, that, that you can control your thoughts by refusing to accept any thought that tries to bring you low. And because, again, because Christ came that you may live. So we talked about how the average human is said to have 70,000 thoughts a day. So that's 490 thoughts, 490,000 thoughts uh, per week. Uh, so, so, so the question is, what are you thinking about? So not allowing negativity to go into you, not to, not to have a whole bunch of negative seeds taking root in your life. Um, and so we were talking about how the importance of, of, of washing it with the word of God, not allowing bad thoughts to tell you what to do, but to let God tell your mind what to do. So that's why we need the mind of Christ, that God doesn't want part of our mind, but he wants to renew our mind. So when we pray, we should always ask God to renew our minds daily uh, uh, and, and to give us the mind of Christ. Uh, so we talked about the importance of, of, of casting out every, every demonic seed. Uh, that the enemy tries to sow in our minds because every thought is a seed. Every thought, whether positive or negative, is a seed. So we want to sow positive thoughts. We want God's thoughts to flow uh, throughout uh, our minds. And that, and that, and the only way to get that is by having uh, the mind of Christ. So, so that's an important thing. I'm constantly asking God to renew our minds in Christ, so giving us the mind of Christ so that we can think like God, think like Christ, um, so, so that if that's, the, if that's the case, then every negative seed the enemy tries to sow, it will not be able to survive uh, in our minds because we have the mind of Christ. And so we talk about how the enemy 
uh, had had this all-out assault on the body of Christ, trying to attack the minds of believers, uh, trying to make them feel like they're losing their mind, uh, that spirit of depression, spirit of suicide, etc. Uh, so we come up against that in the mighty name of Jesus, because again, I've, I've dealt with so many of that over the past few weeks, uh, different people, different situations. Uh, so, um, so, so again, God was exposing it, exposing that spirit. Uh, and even, I even posted a video last week uh, in reference to mind attacking and mind manipulating spirits um, and, and how to overcome them. Uh, so that's just a quick uh, recap of, of last week's Bible study. And so uh, we're going to continue on this series uh, as well. So we are on now part 18, part 18 of our spiritual warfare training. And tonight's uh, topic is the faith to fight for what's yours. The faith to fight for what is yours. And so we understand that we know that the enemy came to, to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. He wants to steal from us. He wants to rob us of, of our joy, our peace, everything. Anything that's from God, the enemy wants to try to, to rob us of it. So we know that the enemy is a known thief. So you have to have a godly boldness in you to fight. And take back what's already yours. So again, that's praying to God to give you a, a bonus that the Holy Spirit will rise up in you and, and, and you will walk in the boldness of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Jesus Christ. So there's no other way around it. We have to have that bonus. And some things have just been stolen from you in the spirit realm. And the same demon that stole from you in the spirit realm is the same demon that you fight back in the spirit to take it back. So again, that's snatching back what's been stolen from you, what's been stolen from you uh, in the spirit realm. Okay, and so and so just because something has not manifested in your life yet does not mean that it's not yours. So if God sent it and the enemy stole it, you have to snatch it back. So we have all the same spiritual weapons. Well, we have the spiritual weapons that you need to ensure victory. So you've already been battle tested. You've gone through the storms. You've been battle tested. And one lesson you've learned throughout every battle, throughout every situation is that no matter how weak you get, no matter how down you get, no matter how wounded you may feel, you still have fight in you. And, yes, sometimes you might get tired of fighting. However, sometimes we get lackadaisical after we get the promise. So the same intensity that you use to fight to get the promise is the same level of intensity you need to use to defend the promise. I'm going to say that again. The same intensity that you use to fight to get the promise of God is the same level of intensity you need to use to defend the promise of God. Like I said, because sometimes we get something that we've been praying for, we see it narrow, et cetera, and we get like a day school, we kind of slow down, we, we get relent, or we uh, kind of slow down. But we say that, again, we have to be relentless. We have to be relentless in prayer because, again, the enemy is persistent at, at trying to attack and trying to come at us in all different types of ways. So we have to be relentless in prayer, and you have to fight back. You can't afford not to fight back. And, again, you have the spiritual weapons to fight back. So the enemy is hoping that you don't know your, your power and your authority. So the enemy wants to try to play games, or you try to play games on your mind, try to attack you, try to use other people to come at you sideways, etc. But again, you have to have the faith to fight for what's yours. So you cannot allow fear to cause you to settle. Fear of disappointment is an attack on your mind in an attempt to get you to step out of faith. But again, we know that we have to live in faith. Again, fear of disappointment is an attack on your mind in an attempt to get you to step out of faith. But again, you have to live in faith. Faith in God is a prerequisite. So the enemy knows that they can legally steal from you when you step out of faith and into fear. And we know fear is a thief and you have to evict it. 
So some of you have been living in fear or different situation. You've been waiting for certain things to manifest, and, and, and fear has been, has been rearing its ugly head. We know that fear is a spirit. It's a spirit, and that spirit has been popping up, and, 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 and that seed and it has been sown, and they're making room to try to invite all the demons to try to steal your mind, to try to take you out, because, again, it started with one seed, as we talked about last week, about every thought is a seed. And so, again, that's why we have to have the mind of Christ. That's why we have to walk in faith, live in faith, so that anything contrary to God will not be able to survive in your life, will not be able to survive in your mind, will not be able to survive in your home, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to admit fear. So, again, you cannot entertain anything that's contrary to God. So, again, faith in God is a requirement. If you want to access what God said, that you can have. So you can't reclaim what's yours without faith. So if something has been stolen from you, you can't reclaim it without faith. And that's why the enemy tries to rob you of your faith. The enemy doesn't care about stealing things from you. They're more focused on robbing you of faith because lack of faith equals a lack of God. I'm going to say that again. The enemy does not care about stealing things from you. The enemy don't really care about stuff, your stuff. The enemy is more focused on robbing you of your faith because lack of faith equals a lack of God. A lack of faith equals a lack of God. So that means that God's glory is not able to fully rest upon your life when you're living in fear. Okay? Uh, and so, again, that, that is the spirit. So, again, the enemy tries to sow those seeds so that they can invite other demons in to, to have a party on your behalf. So, again, we have to evict fear. You have to evict every seed that's opposite of God, that you know is not in God's will. So you have to evict every seed the enemy is trying to sow in your life, in your mind, in your family, etc. You have to evict it. You have to come up against it. Don't receive it. Reject it. Reject it. Just let just that there's certain things that, that you may not, certain foods you may not like or certain certain things that you just don't, you, you reject. You're like, I don't want that. I'm good. Uh, I, I don't like it. I don't eat it. You reject it. Same concept. You can't eat. You, certain things allow certain things to, to come into your spirit. That's not of God. You have to reject it. Say, no, I will not allow you to come into my life. I will not entertain you. Because, again, the enemy wants you to entertain it just for a little while so they can invite other spirits that are even more powerful than that spirit to take refuge in your life. So you have to evict it. So, again, faith is a requirement. Again, lack of faith equals a lack of God. So, again, the enemy wants you to be godless. The enemy wants you to be godless. And they want you to be very limited. You cannot make any tra- – hear me clearly. You and I, we cannot make any transaction from heaven to earth without faith in God, period. Period. There's, you can pray till the cows come home. But if, you, if, it, if it is not backed by faith, you cannot make any transaction from heaven, period, without faith in God. So faith and prayer are the currencies of heaven. We talked about this before. Faith and prayer is the currency of heaven. That's how you make spiritual transactions, faith and prayer. That's it. That's how you make spiritual transactions in heaven. That's how you bring what's in heaven on earth, okay? Your kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we pull things down from heaven and manifest it here on earth. So if I need peace, if I need to pull down peace from heaven and manifest it on earth, I have to have faith. If I need uh, finances, I got to have faith. If I need healing, I got to have faith. And these are already things that we shouldn't even have to worry about. Let's think about God said so you don't even have to worry about these things. If you're walking in kingdom authority, if you're walking in the kingdom, you walk in my faith, these things should fall. He talked about how blessings will overtake you. You shouldn't have to be looking for blessings. You shouldn't have to pray for blessings because blessings should be looking for you. 
when you get in faith and you walk in kingdom power and authority, there's something you don't even have to pray about. They will find you. Prosperity will find you. Healing will find you. Deliverance will find you. But again, you have an enemy that you're fighting against, and so that's where we engage in spiritual warfare, that if something has been stolen illegally, again, faith belongs to us. Prosperity belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. So therefore, peace belongs to us. Joy belongs to us. So therefore, if any of those things are stolen, you're not, if you're lacking in any of those areas, then you know there's an enemy that's stealing because God already says, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in good health. So therefore, again, blessings should be looking for you because when you, you're walking in faith. So again, whatever area, whatever area you find a lack of complete faith in God, it's the area the enemy will try to make their bed in. I'm going to say that again. And whatever area you find a lack of complete faith in, in God, in that particular area, the enemy will try to make their bed in. So whether, whatever area you, 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 you kind of wishy-washy, double-minded in, that's where the enemy will try to make their bed. They're going to try to find any weakness, any opening. They're going to try to sow any seed to get you to believe anything contrary to God. We've talked before about the spirit of error. Okay? The spirit of error is pretty much anything, uh, someone who, who, who believes something to be true but is against God. But they're, they're so, so set on it until they're boldly wrong. Walking in that operating in the spirit of error. So we need the spirit of truth to replace the spirit of error. Okay? So whatever area you find a lack of complete faith in God in is the area that Amy will try to make their bed in. So spiritual warfare is effective when your faith is tied to God and your sword is drawn against the enemy. So you, you, so you see, they, they, they go hand in hand. Your faith has to be tied to God and your sword has to be drawn against the enemy. So we talked before how in, in the book of Nehemiah, how when they were building the wall, that they were building the wall with one hand, and they had a sword drawn against the enemy with the other hand because they had some folks who were planning to attack them and try to stop them from moving forward, building the wall according to the word of God. So they had workers who were working, and they also had a sword in their hand. So that's how we have to live this Christian journey. We're working for the Lord. We're doing his will. We, we, you know, with one hand, we still got a sword in our hand for the enemy that's trying to attack. So you're working with one hand and got a sword with another. Okay? So... So, so, again, it's trusting in God and being bold in the spirit to fight against the enemy. The biggest thing Satan wants to steal from you, hear me clearly. You've got to get this principle. The biggest thing Satan wants to steal from you is your faith. Because your faith in God through Christ gives you access to all of heaven. It gives you access to not some of heaven, but to all of heaven. So that's why the biggest thing, the greatest thing that Satan wants to steal from you is your faith. Because your faith in God through Christ gives you access to all of heaven. And this is why your faith is constantly under attack and constantly on trial. Because Satan's mission is to devoid you of as much faith as possible and to replace it with fear. He wants to replace it with fear. Fear that this ain't going to happen. Fear that that's not going to happen. Et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's what he wants you to try to live in fear. Okay? And, 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 and I know the experience. I know what it feels like. E even now, there, there's something that, that I, I know that the Lord told me. Okay? I know what he said, but what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is contradicting what he said. 
So the enemy wants me to feel, oh, oh, it ain't happening at all. This, this is what's gonna happen. So it's all, oh, so, so the enemy trying to sow a seed of fear, and, and immediately every time I try to, do, I have to reject it because I know what God said, and I've been on a journey long enough to know that He's faithful who promised. So because He said, and that's why you can't go by what you see, what it appears to be. You have to go by what God said. As a supernatural being, you have, you are, you have a physical body, but that's not who you are. Who you are is spirit. We came out of God. So you have to tap into faith. You have to tap into God. That's why scripture says that our life is hidden in Christ. Your real life is hidden in Christ. That's who you really are. If you want to find out your true identity, find out who you are in God. That's who you really are. And so the enemy is trying to get you to step outside of your authority, trying to get you to step outside of faith, to try to get you to live in fear for just a little while, just long enough for them to attach more things to you. To try to build a wall. Because at, at the end of the day, the enemy, here's, here's what happens. Let me paint a picture for you. Every time you praise God, every time you worship God, every time you, you, you do an obedient act to God, uh, there's a brick or there's, there, there, there's, there's something added onto your mansion in heaven. So your mansion is not already built. Okay, if you accepted Christ, you know, working to do the will of God to get back home to heaven. Every time you praise God, every time you worship God, there's something being added on to your mansion. Okay, so it's layer upon layer. So that's why worship, praise and worship is important. Because, again, as I said before, uh, uh, when you praise and worship, angels can ride on the waves of your worship because it pr produces waves in the spirit realm. Okay, but at the same time, demons ride on waves of fear. Okay, so they're attached to that. And so the same way every time you praise God, you worship God, you walk in obedience, you, you, another layer to your mansion in heaven is being added, literally. Literally, every time you do it, something else is added onto your mansion. And it is, trust me, it's decked out bigger than any mansion you ever see on earth. It does not compare to heaven's mansions. Okay? And so now that's when you walk in obedience, you praise worshiping God. But here's how demons operate. Every time you walk in fear, every time you entertain something contrary to faith, it allows the enemy to build, add another brick onto a wall in, in your life. So that's how. The enemy builds walls to try to prevent you from getting certain things, to try to block you from getting certain blessings every time we walk in fear. So that's how they, so they, so, so they, they continue to build a wall. And that's how they, quote, unquote, build a case against us. Oh, that's more fair, more fair. Okay, so we can invite this now. We can add some more layers. So we break it down as we praise and worship, as we have faith. So we, and every time we operate in faith, we knock a brick down. And, and, and sometimes that, that force is so strong in us until we completely obliterate the wall. And we, that's what we call breakthrough. You are breaking through what has been trying to hold you down. You're breaking through what the enemy has built up to try to block you. And that's why we talk about strongholds. That's why it says casting down every imagination that tries to exalt itself about, uh, about Christ, a stronghold. Those are fortified uh, buildings, fortified walls. Uh, 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 so we have to break down, cast down strongholds. The enemy is trying to build a stronghold in your life every time you entertain fear. Every time you entertain something contrary to the will of God, the enemy is adding on to a wall to try to stop you, to try to make you go through that same cycle over and over again, to try to make you feel like you're not making progress. And so some of you feel like you've been working, 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 doing, 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 but you're tired. You feel like I'm going around in circles. I'm not making progress because there's a wall. And so we have to break through that wall. So, again, we, we, we've already had great breakthrough. 
But again, the enemy doesn't stop. The enemy says, okay, I'm trying to find other ways to build more walls to try to stop us. So that's how we break through. So again, so again, fear is a spirit sent to attack your faith. And you must build up your faith in God so that fear will be uncomfortable around you. You have to build up your faith in God so that fear will be uncomfortable around you. And this is why we must always pray, again, that our mind is renewed. Every day you should pray that. Father, renew my mind. Because while you're sleeping, the enemy trying to sow seeds in your mind. The enemy trying to sow seeds in your life through dreams even. So every time we wake up, that's why every day we, talk about, we wake up, you pray. Before you go to sleep, you wake up. Father, cover me in the blood of Jesus and cover me in the full armor of God. That's your protection, okay, against the attacks of the enemy. So, 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 so therefore, the enemy sees an open attack. If you don't have the full arm of God, they're like, oh, the head's not covered. I can attack the mind. Oh, they, they, they don't have the shield. Of, they don't have the breastplate of righteousness. I can come at them in the chest, et cetera. And watch this now. Hear me clearly. Remember how we talk about, every time I talk about spiritual warfare, I always go back to Daniel chapter 10 when, uh, when Daniel prayed to God uh, and his prayer got held up for 21 days. And they got held up for 21 days. And then Gabriel got held up by the demonic principality for 21 days. But watch this now. That's what we have to have on the full arm of God. When we, I talk about praying that, the, that you're washed in the blood of Jesus and that you have, you also pray that you have the full armor of God. God renews your mind, etc. Because whatever armor you're not covered in, the enemy can attack the angel that's coming with an answer in that area. So if you're not covered in your mind, the enemy can shoot arrows at the angel's head that's trying to bring the answer to your prayers. So that's why your prayers are so important. Listen, you can't afford not to pray. I told you about a while ago the mission that God gave me. He said prayer is not just the answer. It is the only answer. Okay? And that, that, that you know, was right after spiritual attack. That's the revelation. He said, look, it's not just the answer. It is the only answer. So, therefore, that's why we, when we're praying, we're also speaking strength to the angels that are coming with our answers, that are coming with the manifestation to what we pray to God about. So you can't afford to take off. You can't afford to take off. Hear me and hear me well. You can't afford it. We cannot afford not to pray. And, and, and you have to stay on your post. You have a responsibility to cover your family in prayer. You have a responsibility. You can't get off your post. It's too important. Your prayers matter. The enemy is trying to make you think that your prayers don't matter, that your prayers aren't effective. You have to be persistent at it, persistent at it until you see results. Because if not, you're giving the enemy an easy victory. And look, hear me clearly. Faith is not hard. Faith is not hard. Faith is simply a choice to trust God above everything and through everything. I'm going to say that again. Faith is not hard. Faith is simply a choice to trust God above everything and through everything. It's that simple. So your spirit understands that. But you must daily get to the place where your spirit speaks louder than your flesh. And faith gives you access to your God-given territory, and power and authority of Christ gives you the right to rule in that territory. So again, faith gives you access to the territory God's assigned to you, and power and authority of Jesus Christ gives you the right to rule in that territory you're assigned. And we've talked with this numerous times about seven mountains, the seven mountains or pillars of culture that influences every nation. There's seven mountains or seven pillars that influences every nation. And in 1975, uh, God revealed uh, the Seven Mountains concept to, uh, separately to two different people, Bill Bright, uh, who was the founder of what was known as Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham was the founder of Youth with a Mission. And they both told each other they, they, 
you know, they, they had scheduled this meeting, and they both told each other that God had given them a word for the other one. So they both had a word for each other, but little did they know, it was the same word that God gave them about the seven mountain concepts. And so as the body of Christ, we, have, we, we must influence the culture, and we do it in all seven mountains. So again, it's seven mountains that influences every nation. That's the mountain of religion, media. Number three, government. Number four, family. Number five, education. Number six, business and arts. And number seven, entertainment. So again, there's seven mountains of culture that influences every nature. Again, number one is religion, the mountain of religion. Number two is the mountain of media. Number three is the mountain of government. Number four is the mountain of family. Number five is the mountain of education. Number six, the mountain of business. And number seven, the mountain of arts entertainment. And so and we, we all have influence. You and I, we all have influence in at least one of these seven mountains. And so some of you have influences in more than one of these seven mountains. Okay? And and so and so and and, and so we have to walk in that. Because again, religion, we know the importance of religion. We know religion influence, influences every culture. Media, we know how positive and negative things can be disseminated through the media. If 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 Satan wants to push an agenda, he will he will push something through the media. That's why there's certain things you see on TV now that was taboo back in the day. It was now it's 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 nothing. It, it's it's like second nature. There's nothing now because Satan's agenda was pushed through the media. Okay, but some of you have influence in that mountain to change it, to bring a kingdom message through the media. And government, we know that's what laws are created, laws of the land, uh, uh, certain things that are passed down. And uh, when it, it's become legislation, it becomes a law of the land. So politics, where, where the government makes decisions. We talk about how demonic principalities over regions, they try to influence government by having ungodly things, laws being passed. And, of course, family. We know the enemy wants uh, to attack the family because the family unit, that's that's family was birthed before the church. So, again, some of you in that, you, you have influence in that area because, you know, you have children, you know, et cetera. Uh, just fact, you have your own family. So, again, we all really have influence in that in family, but some of you may have a certain uh, uh, calling for something specific uh, with dealing with certain aspects of the family. Education, we know, of course, the enemy wants to try to attack. Education wants to try to feed certain things into the school system to try to push his agenda into the school system. We know when they took prayer out of school and etc. So there's all these different things, agendas that the enemy tries to push through these mountains. But again, we have people, educators who, you're, if you're an educator, to, to, to push a godly agenda to, to, to sow seeds in the lives of our young people or even uh, adults who, you know, college on a, on a higher uh, scale, etc. Uh, of course, business. We know uh, godly businesses, etc. Arts and entertainment. Okay, we, we think about Hollywood. We think about sports, etc. Uh, we think about that when Tim Tebow, you know, you know, wouldn't the the greatest on in the NFL, but but he he his brand was so big because he pushed Christ, and everyone wanted him to do well. They wanted him to succeed because he pushed Christ, um, and so uh, and so there's there's God's raising people up all over Hollywood, you know, uh, who who we're gonna start seeing more uh, God-based films. You know, uh, they saw that Heaven Is for Real. Uh, Bishop Jakes uh, helped produce that, and there's a number of other. Uh, you know, Tyler Perry tried to push some Christian uh, things as well. So and, you, and it's Sylvester Stallone. Uh, uh, not long ago, uh, he, he grew up Christian, but he, not long ago, he really kind of had a transformation uh, accepting Christ. And he talked about the Rocky Balboa movie and how, you know, he was talking about Christ and, and how the, the whole message behind it. So, so, so God, it, it, he, he, 
He will raise up, and he's raised up this generation of, 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 of trailblazers, you and I, to have influence in these mountains. So you have influence in these mountains. So, so wherever God has planted you is where God expects you to establish his kingdom in that place. Again, wherever God has planted you is where God expects you to establish his kingdom in that place. And let's make a couple more points before we get into our passage. So again, everywhere Christ was sent, he established the kingdom of God. Everywhere Christ was sent, he established the kingdom of God. So hear me clearly. It matters what assignment God gave you, and I assure you God gave you an assignment, and he has an assignment for you. It matters what assignment God gave you because he gave it to you with the expectation that you would do the job and you would do it well. So faith can be increased. So if faith can be increased, that means there's a higher dimension in faith that we can obtain. However, when you accept Christ, you are given a measure of faith, a certain amount of faith, and, but that measure of faith is powerful enough to literally move every mountain in your life. The measure of faith you get when you accept Christ is powerful enough to move every mountain in your life. And faith really makes sense to your flesh. Faith really makes sense to your flesh because it's none of your flesh's business unless it's needed to get your flesh in order with God's will. So faith is none of your flesh's business. Unless, again, it's needed, your flesh needs to get in line with God's word. So the faith, the faith realm is beyond your natural senses. It's beyond our natural senses. It's beyond what your mind was intended to grasp. It's spiritually discerned. So when you're in the spirit, faith makes sense, not doubt. Healing makes sense, not hurt. Miracles make sense, not disaster. Prosperity makes sense in the spirit, not lack. Strength makes sense, not weakness. Courage makes sense, not fear. You see, that's faith. Faith is not bound by time, but faith in God through Christ is saying that you will trust God no matter how long it might seem to take. I will trust God no matter how long it might seem to take. So there was nothing lacking in Jesus. Watch this now. There was absolutely nothing lacking in Jesus when he walked on the earth. Nothing was lacking in him. So nothing should be lacking in us because he still walks on earth through us. Faith allows you to see it like God sees it. Faith allows you to see it like God sees it, and it always looks better from God's perspective. Some of you have been living through looking through the lens of fear. You've been looking through the lens of flesh, and you have to get in the lens of faith to see it how God sees it, to hear it how God hears it. You put faith in whatever you believe in. You put faith in whatever you believe and give your attention to. So place your faith in God, not your problem, and give your attention to God. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 1. Hebrews 11 and 1. All right. And it reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know the passage. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, so this lets us know that faith is the support, the groundwork, the confidence of things that we hope for. And this verse deals with the natural and the spiritual. The first half talks about hope. So you only need hope in the physical. You don't need hope in the spiritual. You need hope in the physical. The second part of the passage and also the second aspect of faith is that faith is evidence for something we cannot see. So faith is the evidence for something you cannot see. So notice that it says, again, faith is evidence. So how can something that we cannot see become evidence? That makes sense in the flesh, but faith is the evidence 
that must be produced in the supernatural realm in order for it to manifest in the natural. I'm going to say that again. Faith is the evidence that must be produced in the supernatural realm in order for it to manifest in the natural. So faith is evidence of things that we cannot physically see yet. So faith is evidence of things we cannot physically see yet. Faith is your down payment for spiritual transactions from heaven. Faith is your down payment for spiritual transactions from heaven. So if you want to see a move of God in your life, continue to move heaven with your faith. Again, if you want to see a move of God in your life, continue to move heaven with your faith. Again, we talk about kingdom. You've got to have a kingdom mindset. So you have to realize that heaven has rules on how it interacts with earth. Heaven won't just invade earth just willy-nilly. It has rules. So it's certain rules for us to get heaven on earth. Faith is your ticket to do that. Faith is the ticket to legally release something from the supernatural to the natural. Again, faith is your ticket to legally, again, because there's legalities in heaven. Faith is your ticket to legally release something from the supernatural to the natural. God will never break his laws. He will never break the rules that governs heaven and governs the spiritual realm. So we have to apply uh, uh, his rules. So you have to apply faith. And persistent prayer and persistent faith are required to produce consistent results. Persistent prayer and persistent faith are required to produce consistent results. And like I said before, faith is not difficult. Faith is not hard. Faith is simple. Faith is a choice. You choose, am I going to trust God or am I going to trust what I see? Am I going to trust my circumstance or am I going to trust what God said? Faith gets me in the door in the supernatural. Faith gets me the door in, into the doors of heaven to bring things down on earth. Faith opens doors in your life that nothing else could open. Because of faith, it's a key. It's a key. So faith is spiritual, and faith cannot be seen in the natural. But the results of your faith will be loud and clear. And we will get a little bit, little bit deeper later about how faith can be seen in other ways. So again, so the results of your faith will be loud and clear. So we're in a war, and faith in God separates the sides. We know we're in a war, spiritual warfare. The enemy's trying to attack you in different ways, trying to attack me in different ways. So we're in a war. We know the enemy is raging war against us. That spirit of retaliation trying to pay us back for, for moving forward. You may be moving forward in God, and, and certain things are changing in your life, and then the enemy trying to use tactics to try to pull you back. Because the enemy is saying, I don't want to let you go. I had you bound in that area, but now you're changing, and I don't want to let you go. So it's a battlefield. It's a battlefield in your mind because the enemy said, I don't want to let you go. I had you bound in that area, and now you're free, and I don't want you to be free. So I'm desperate. I got to try to do something to pull you back, to keep you bound so you don't walk in your victory. That's what he's doing. He doesn't want you to move forward. He sees that you're on fire for God. He sees the things that, that you're doing. He sees your zeal for God. So he's trying to find something he can attack to try to distract you, to try to sow the seed of fear. Because he needs fear to enter your life to build the wall in your life. So that's why you have to reject it every time, and you have to replace it with faith. You can't go by what you see. I don't care how it makes you feel. You have to keep 
your faith in God to not allow the enemy to sow the seed of fear to build another brick on the wall that he tries to put around you. So again, we're in a war, and faith in God separates the sides. Give God faith, and your spiritual weapons will be activated and ready for use. Again, give God faith, and your spiritual weapons will be activated and ready for use. Simple as that. So we've got to keep that in mind. We've got to keep that in mind. So faith is not something you can physically get. Watch this now. We talk about Cain again. I'm not talking to a church mindset. I'm not talking to a spiritual mindset, okay, or religious mindset, if you will. I'm talking to kingdom. We have to have a kingdom mindset because we're kingdom citizens. We're kingdom children. We came out of God. Christ didn't come to preach church. He came to preach the coming kingdom of God. When you show up in a place, you are bringing the kingdom of God on your job, in your community. You bring the kingdom of God. It's your responsibility to bring God's kingdom on earth because God's not getting off his throne. I say week after week, God is not leaving his throne. He does not leave his throne. He sent you here to bring his kingdom on earth. Period. Simple. You bring God's kingdom. That's why God's glory, you want God's glory to rest upon you so that when you walk in a place, God's glory, God's manifested presence comes into that place. When you walk in a place, miracle signs and wonders shall follow you. When you walk in a place, folks who are going through will be set free, and they may not even know how or what, where it came from, but because you showed up, something changed. Because you showed up, the atmosphere had to change because you carry kingdom. You carry God's glory. You are a glory carrier of God. You, when you show up, something has to happen. When you show up, something has to change. I don't care what your background is, what your history is, how you grew up. When you accept Jesus Christ and you get this kingdom mindset and you walk in your power and your authority, you bring the kingdom. When you show up, God shows up. And that's why he said, occupy until I come. Do business until I come. Because when you show up on the scene, God shows up. And when God shows up, it's his manifested presence and, and miracles has to happen. Minds have to change. Lives have to change because you showed up, and that's why you can't take your prayer life for granted. That's why you can't take it lightly. That's why you can't take your assignment lightly because you matter. It matters that you were born. It matters that you are here, and the enemy is trying to make you think that you don't matter, trying to make you think that, oh, that I'm not as important as them, or my gift's not like theirs. The devil is a liar. God gave you an assignment, and he gave it only to you because he expects you to carry it out. Now, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? The pressure's on you now because the Holy Spirit said, look, you put me in a box. You put, the Holy Spirit said, you put me in a box. You sit in the temple, oh, I'm not as anointed as, as they are. You insulting the Holy Spirit. We accept Jesus Christ. We all have the same Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you and me once we accept Jesus Christ. So you tell I'm not as anointed as them. You have the Holy Spirit. You are insulting the Holy Spirit when you say that. And, and that's why God said, go. Lay hands on the sick. They should, they'll recover. He just told you to go. So, again, you have to let the Holy Spirit, you have to give. Watch this now. Watch this now. And, and they get this mess of your theology. You're not going to give. Uh, you're, not, you're not looking for uh, the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity. The Holy Spirit is looking for you to give him an opportunity to do the work through you. So we got we to twist it. We think, oh, I, I just need this opportunity to, to minister. I need this opportunity. No, 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 no. It's the opposite way around. The Holy Spirit 
wants you to give him an opportunity so that his power can be shown in your life. You're not looking for an opportunity, so you're not looking for the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity. The Holy Spirit looking for you to give him an opportunity. He's saying, you've got me boxed in. I'm ready to go and heal the sick. I'm ready to go and raise the dead. I'm ready to go and cast out demons. I'm ready to go and change lives. But you got me boxed in. You're limiting me. You're limiting my power. I want to fill you up more, but I don't need to fill you up more because you haven't got, you haven't emptied out what's in you now. Give him an opportunity to use you. It doesn't matter what your calling is because we all were called. He will all were called to something. We all have, and, and what you were called to matters. So you have to walk in that thing and stop shying away. Stop shrinking back. Talking about, oh, I don't have what they have. Oh, I know. I ain't no preacher. I can't go do that. The devil is alive. The Lord already told you to go. Go. He said, go, 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 go. But you ain't been going. You've been waiting for someone else to go. But God said, that coming to an end. I'm telling you to go. This is your clarion call. This is you being pushed in the spirit. Now he's waking you up because this is a trailblazer generation. You are the prototype. You are, you should be honored that you are alive. In this season, the season when the, of the great revival, this is a time on God's calendar. you got to hear me. We, we've already prophesied about this, that, again, there are certain points on God's calendar uh, uh, behind the throne of God. Uh, there's many people who, who visited heaven and talk about behind the throne of God. There's this, 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 like this uh, timeline, if you will, uh, and, and it's, you know, we talk about dispensations of time. So we enter into a specific time on God's calendar, a time in history. Remember, we talked about the greatest move of God that you and I will experience in a short amount of time, okay? Ten years worth of manifestation, ten years worth of revelation in a short window of time, in under ten years, okay? We talked about the great revival. Again, we're in that season. That's why you are a part of that. You are a part of the trailblazer generation. The generation, the baton has been passed to you. The baton is in your hands. It's in your hand now. You are the next generation of leaders in your fields, in your mountains of influence. You are the next generation, and you've been sleeping on yourself. Because you've been sleeping on yourself. That means you've been sleeping on God. You've been sleeping on God because you've been sleeping on the power of the Holy Spirit is in you, and it's insulting to the Holy Spirit when he's, he's bored. The Holy Spirit is bored in some of your lives because he hasn't been able to do the work he wants to do. He hasn't been able to do the work he's, he, he needs to do. But you were raised up for a time. You are, this is an honor and a privilege that you are alive during this season. And that's why some, some of you may experience acceleration because God, again, he's not a man and he should lie. He said, again, we're going to experience uh, the greatest move of God in the shortest amount of uh, time that, that we will ever experience in our lifetime. We will never again experience a move of God like this again in our lifetime in this short span of time. So you have work to do. But the thing is, you just got to go so the Holy Spirit can do the work through you. You just have to be obedient. So, again, faith is simple. Faith is just a choice. So, again, faith is not something you can physically get. It must be imparted. It must be spiritually transmitted. The faith, the faith realm does not operate in the physical realm. It is purely spiritual. This is why prayer is vital. This is why the study of God's word is vital. Faith in God through Christ gives us access to the spirit realm, which is where we must operate from to make an impact in our territory. If you want to impact your territory, if you want to effectively carry your God-given assignment, you have to have faith in God through Christ Jesus to give you access to the spirit realm so you can operate from that place 
and impact your territory. So, so what you do in the natural impacts what happens in the spirit. And what you do in the spirit impacts what happens in the natural. That's warfare. The enemy wants you to focus on the natural in an attempt to keep you from fighting in the spirit. Because it's in, it, it's in the spirit where we get the results. So you have, to, you, have, you have to have the faith to fight. The faith to fight. The faith. The faith to fight for what's yours. The faith to fight for what's yours. Okay? We all have to have the faith to fight for what's ours. I have to have the faith to fight for some things right now that's contradicting what I know God said. You understand? I have the faith to fight through that. So faith is a weapon that is often overlooked because it's not seen as a weapon by many. However, faith reminds trouble about God. Your faith reminds your trouble about God. Faith is what you send ahead of you. Faith is what you send ahead of you. We can't physically get to heaven while on earth, but our faith can travel. Our faith speaks louder to God than our words. Your faith speaks louder to God than your words. Your faith speaks louder to God than your your faith speaks louder to God than your words. This is why faith is evidence. Your faith in God presents evidence to the enemy during warfare that you still belong to God and the enemy cannot have you. I'm going to say that again. Your faith in God presents evidence to the enemy during warfare that you still belong to God and the enemy cannot have you. All right, let's go to 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1, verses 5 to 7. 2 Timothy 1, verses 5 to 7. I don't want to hold off my notes. Today. I get excited about this. I'm excited about the word. I'm excited about faith. I'm excited about you walking in your power and authority. I'm excited about this season that we're in and that, you are, that, you, that God chose you. He chose you. Regard, yeah, I know your background. I know what you came out of, but God chose you. I know what you're going through right now, but God chose you. He called you. There's a calling on your life that the enemy is trying to stop you from walking in. That's why he's trying to take you out. That's why he's trying to attack you. That's why he's trying to steal your peace, steal your joy, steal your mind, steal your health, steal your finances, etc. To try to get you to focus on something to allow fear to set in so he can build that wall. But you can't let him build that wall. Don't let him build that wall. Don't you dare entertain another day of fear in your life. Don't, because, again, faith is easy. Faith is a choice. If you can choose what you want to eat and, and what you like to eat and what you're not going to eat, that's a choice. So the same way you can say, I'm not going to let fear come in. Like when you sense and you start feeling it, I will not believe that. You declare God's word until that thing says, I trust you, God. If you got to say, Lord, I trust you, I trust you, Lord, I trust you. So I, I remember I went through a season in my life, all I, that's all I could say. I had to say it until I believed it. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Until I, the more I said it, the more I believed it. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Until I believed that thing. I had to speak against. I could not allow my mind to get to talking. The enemy to get to talking to my mind. That was because the enemy was telling me things contrary to what God said. Well, you know you're going through that again. Well, you know what happened over here. Well, you know what they're saying about you. Well, you know what's going on. I, I, I know what that was like. You know, you know they're looking at you crazy. You know they think you're crazy, right? I lived it. Because... My faith was so loud until it looked crazy to people. I believed God so much on what he said, and I had to be obedient to what he said, even though it looked crazy on the surface. 
but God is faithful who promised. So I had a choice. Am I going to go by the opinions of man, or am I going to stick to faith to what God said? Because if I listened to man and I didn't listen to what God said, then I would have been held accountable for that. I would have messed up. I would have been jacked up. I would have been walking in disobedience. So again, faith is a weapon. Faith is a weapon. Your faith in God presents evidence to the enemy doing warfare that you still belong to God. So again, 2 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And it reads, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded this is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So in this passage, Apostle Paul wrote this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. And look, he wastes no time getting to the point. He, he told Timothy, he said, look, as he was writing his letter, he said, I'm reminded of Timothy's faith, which was also seen in Timothy's grandmother and his mother. So this lets us know that faith is noticeable. Your faith cannot only be seen in the spirit realm, but it can also be seen in the natural. Others are encouraged because of your faith. This part I was saying about how it can be seen in the natural. So notice Apostle Paul said how it dwelt in them. So you must have faith. It is a requirement for the things of God. Faith is a requirement for the things of God. Faith is contagious and can be transferred in the spirit. For we know without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is contagious and can be transferred in the spirit. Your faith can be, if you get around some other folks who, who some, some faithful, faithful, faithful folks who are on fire in faith, it's contagious. You can't help it. Either, my God, this faith is contagious. My God, they, y'all believe in God for some crazy things, for some big things. Here, I am thinking, I'm believing God for this. Man, this is huge. And you get around that, just like the spirit of prophecies, you know, you get around some prophets, prophesying that, that, that spirit of prophecy can fall on you just like it fell on Saul. He wasn't a prophet, but he got around some prophets, and that spirit of prophecy fell on him. So you get around some folks with some great faith, and your faith will be stretched because you will be, you will be blown away by their great faith. Like, my God, they got great faith. My God, their faith will challenge your faith. It's going to make you step up. Who are you hanging around? Who are you giving your ear to? So, again, you, you, you can have enough faith for someone else for something to happen in their life, and your faith in God can cause it to manifest. Your faith in God can cause something to manifest in someone else's life because you can have enough faith for them. That's how much faith you can have. It, it, it's an overflow of faith. Overflow of faith. So this is why you must take your assignment and your God-given territory seriously. God expects you to have influence there. Paul urges Timothy to begin to operate in his gift. He told him to stir up the gift or to rekindle that or, or start that fire on the inside. So he knew that he had power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, etc. because it's what God left us all with. And so from this passage, we see that faith can also be generational. Faith can be passed down. Therefore, faith is transferable in the spirit. A bloodline can have a history of fear or a history of great faith. So you can make sure that faith is passed down on to generations in your family. So we can pray for faith to be increased in others. God has not given any of us the spirit of fear. And in the Greek, it's translated as timidity or cowardice. So God didn't create you to be a coward. Fear is a demonic spirit, but faith is a godly spirit. Fear is a demonic spirit, but faith is a godly spirit. Fear is your enemy, and faith is your friend. Fear is your enemy, and faith is your friend. If demonic spirits can be transferred, 
We know that godly spirits can be transferred because Satan only tries to duplicate what God does. So that's why faith can be transferred. God gave us his power and authority so that we will walk boldly in the supernatural and wipe out darkness and replace it with light. So we got to walk in power and authority. You wipe out darkness and you bring the light. So he gave us the spirit of power. As his power is spiritual and supernatural. Power that can impact the natural. And one of the definitions for power in this verse is power for performing miracles. So we know that this, this here applies uh, because in verse 6, Paul spoke of how he laid hands on Timothy, which originally stirred up the gifts on the inside of Timothy in the spirit. So we know as children of God that we have this power to perform miracles in the name of Jesus. Yes, you have power to perform miracles because of the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? And so it's our responsibility to bring the supernatural to earth. Miracles, signs, and wonders should be a part of our lives because we are spirit beings. We belong to Christ. So we must understand that there's at least seven ways to access the supernatural. There's at least seven ways to access the supernatural. Number one is through Jesus. That's the, that's the only way to God. Number two is through the Holy Spirit. That's the only way to Jesus. Number three is the Word of God because the Word gives life to our spirit. Number four is prayer. That's how we communicate with Him with heaven. Uh, it's the language of heaven and the currency of heaven. So prayer is, the, is how we communicate with heaven. Prayer is the language of heaven. And prayer is the currency of heaven. And faith, we know without faith, we can't please God. And faith is also another currency of heaven. Uh, number six is praise and worship. Praise and worship sets the atmosphere for God's glory to enter. And it is a weapon. As we talked about uh, praise and worship, uh, we talked about a, a, spiritual, a spiritual weapon. Clapping the hands, etc. Stomping the feet, etc. We talked about those being what it does in uh, to the demonic kingdom. Uh, number seven is obedience. It's what God requires. God requires obedience. It separates us from the enemy. This obedience is an enemy of God. Okay, so again, Jesus, number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit. Number three, the word of God. Number four, prayer. Number five, faith. Number six, praise and worship. And number seven, obedience. Seven ways to access the supernatural. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verses 5 to 6. Again, that's Luke chapter 17, verses 5 to 6. For the sake of time, I'll go ahead and read it. It says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And it would obey you. So most don't have a faith problem. Most people don't have a faith problem. What's needed is more patience to trust God long enough for him to finish what he started. It's the patience, praying for the patience to trust God long enough for him to finish what he started in your life. So God placed the seed of faith in you, and it can grow. So Jesus gave an example in his passion of what faith can do. According to your faith in God through Christ Jesus, obstacles must obey you when you command it to move. They must obey you by the power and authority of Jesus Christ. So faith combined with the power of your words can accomplish something in the spirit in one minute that would take years to do in the physical. I'm going to say that again. Faith combined with the power of your words can accomplish something in the spirit in one minute. That would take you years to do in the physical. So don't underestimate what your faith in God can do. Your faith frightens your fears. I'll say that again. Your faith 
frightens your fears. Your faith is literally a weapon. It's such a necessary weapon that God is not pleased with you if you don't use it. Faith is such a necessary weapon that God is not pleased with us if we don't use it. So your faith causes problems to your problems. And you realize that you don't have problems because problems don't belong to you. Satan tries to put off his problems on you, but it's not your problems. It's fate, Satan's problem that he wants you to carry. So it's, it's important for you to remember that you are spirit with spiritual power, and our Father in heaven in spirit is spirit with all power. Our faith is like a seed that is sown, and it grows and grows and grows and grows over time. This passage shows us that things in the world must obey our word by God's law. Our body must obey us through faith. Our mind must obey us through faith. Faith is one of the main access points to the supernatural. When your faith is attached to the power of God's word, manifestation must take place in your life. And your faith can grow as far as you're willing to go. And you should be willing to go all the way with God because he will not let you go. You should be willing to go all the way with God because he will not let you go. Let's go to James. James chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. James chapter 2. Verses 17 through 20. And then right after that, we're going to go to Luke 22. So James 2, verses 17 through 20. And then we're going to jump to Luke 22 right after that. All right, James 2, verses 17 through 20, it reads, Thus also, by, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So faith has two sides. In the natural, we have to take action by doing works here on earth, such as helping out those in need or taking actions toward the goal or assignment that you have. So in the supernatural, we act on our faith through prayer and the study of God's word. Your faith should be so busy at work in your life because you gave it so much to do because you trust God in everything. Your faith should be so busy at work in your life because you gave it so much to do because you trust God in everything. So it's not enough to just believe because demons believe that there's one God. They believe in Jesus Christ. But they don't take action. Instead, they try to prevent us from acting on faith. Your faith is a living organism that literally breaks through the chains and walls that fear sets up. Again, your faith is a living organism that literally breaks through the chains and walls that fear sets up in your life. Actions must go with your faith. Demons know there's only one true God, but they try to get others to believe there are multiple gods and try to get them not to serve the true living God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are set apart from demons when we go simply from believing in God to actually putting faith in God, obeying him, and being in relationship with God. So faith does require work, but it's easy work when God is carrying the load and you simply need to carry out the assignment. Faith requires work, but it's easy work when God is carrying the load and you are simply carrying out your assignment. Yes, there will be attacks that the enemy is going to send your way, and de but demons may try to stop you and block you, but the weight of faith 
give you strength to press on that you would never have on your own. The weight of faith gives you strength to press on that you would never have on your own. You can't do it in your own strength. God gave it to you knowing you couldn't do it in your own strength, knowing you could only do it in his, through his power and authority that he gave to you. All right, let's go to Luke 22, verse 31 through 32, and then we're going to end with 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. So Luke 22, verses 31 to 32, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. So again, Luke 22, verses 31 through 32. All right, Luke 22, beginning at verse 31, it reads, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Again, he said, Lord, Lord said, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So notice that Satan had to ask God permission to sift Peter as wheat. And the one in this passage referred to as Simon is you talk about Peter. Uh, Simon, his name was Simon Peter. So sifting is a gradual process. So see, the enemy has been trying to wear you down. But you wear the enemy down with your faith. The enemy will be trying to wear you down, but you can wear the enemy down with your faith. So when we are walking in the power and authority given to us from God, Satan has to ask God for permission to get to us. And through sin and disobedience, Satan does not have to ask God permission because we give Satan legal access to us and our families when we walk in disobedience and sin. So understand, demons want to wipe you out because you've caused so much damage to Satan's kingdom. But too bad for them, you've only just begun. You've only just begun beginning to cause damage to Satan's kingdom. And Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, I'm going to pray for you that your faith would not fail. In other words, that your faith would increase, that your faith would be strengthened. So we overcome Satan's attacks to our faith in God. And if Jesus prayed for Peter's faith not to fail, we should also pray for our faith and others' faith not to fail. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, don't let my faith fail. Faith in God never fails, but sometimes people fail when it comes to faith. Faith in God never fails, but sometimes people fail when it comes to faith. And after we have come through a storm, we should always strengthen others, encourage others. And I say it all the time, the ministry of experience is a powerful ministry, and you should share your experiences and set others free. What you've gone through is experience. So now you have the ministry of experience. You have a ministry. You have a ministry of experience. And you should share your experiences to help others and set them free. All right, our last verse, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. We talk about the faith to fight for what's yours. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. And it reads, For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So as followers of Christ, we must walk by faith, not by sight. Faith in God through Jesus is an ongoing walk that produces ongoing results. Faith in God through Christ Jesus is an ongoing walk that produces ongoing results. So you have to be committed to this thing. You have to be committed to faith. What, you, what we see does not always mean how things are. Things we see on the outside can be deceiving, 
And faith allows us to see beyond our present circumstance. Faith draws a line between the church and the kingdom. The church is a byproduct of the kingdom of God, not the other way around. So God is calling the church to be kingdom-minded. The trained robotic church has put too many restrictions on God. The trained church is on a strict schedule. The trained church tells God what time he can show up and when he got to leave. The trained church hits a ceiling with what it really expects from God, but the kingdom has no ceiling. The trained church says it has faith, but it contradicts it with the words contrary to faith. The possibilities are limitless in the kingdom of God. When you speak negative words, you invite demons in to steal from you. If you believe God for a promotion but turn around and say you're stuck, you just put a seed out in the atmosphere for the enemy to have legal access to steal from you what God already released because the, from the faith that you had already produced. So your faith produces results, but again, we don't want to contradict our faith by saying things contrary to it. So if you believe God for a spouse, finances, healing, etc., the same principle applies. Yet when it comes to being, when it comes, when it seems to be taking too long, we need to, we, we tend to get frustrated with God. But God is telling you to go back and search your words. So you have to reverse the word curses that you have spoken or even that others have spoken on your life. You can reverse it. You just open your mouth and say, I reverse every curse, word curse that has been spoken over me. You can open your mouth and say, I reverse every word curse that has been ever spoken over me in Jesus' name. So, again, you don't, you don't have to give words power in your life, words that other folks said about you, what you think they said about you. You don't give that power. You cast it down in the name of Jesus. You have that power and that authority to, to, to pull it down, okay? And so, so again, you got to reverse those word curses. And as a child of God, you must live by faith, not just talk about it. So Satan wants to send death to your promise from God, but your faith sends death to Satan's plan. I'm going to say that again. Satan wants to send death to your promise from God, but, but your faith sends death to Satan's plan. So don't contradict your faith by empowering, uh, by giving it, by, by empowering fear. Again, don't contradict your faith by empowering fear in your life. Fear is a lying spirit, and you must believe faith. Fear is a lying spirit, and you must believe faith. And there's an acronym for fear, uh, F-E-A-R. It's false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym for fear. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. It's false evidence, not the real evidence. The real evidence is, is, is in our faith. But Satan's evidence is through fear. So again, that's how Satan builds the wall, but we break down the wall through our faith. So don't speak the language of fear because it came from Satan. You came from God, and he speaks the language of faith. So we have to speak the language of faith. Walking by faith shows us that it's a journey. He said walking. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. That's a lifestyle. That's not a one-time thing. It's a journey. It's a lifelong journey. Faith is a lifelong journey that will take you places your mind could never have imagined that you would be. Some use faith as a general word. I'm not talking about a general faith. I'm talking about faith in God through Christ Jesus. That is the real faith, and you have to live in faith. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, and you have to apply it to your life. So I will close us on out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of this uh, Bible study. Oh God, we thank you, oh God, for the word that went forth on tonight, oh God. Just stirring up our faith, activating our faith. I declare our faith, oh God, is stirred up tonight, oh God, that, that your people are challenged and, 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 
and and uh to go forward and, and answer their kingdom assignment, oh God, their challenge to, to to step it up in faith, oh God, that their faith was increased on tonight, oh God, that they shall no longer walk in fear, oh God, but they shall walk in faith. We shall walk by faith. We shall live in faith, oh God, for the just, the righteous shall live by faith, oh God. So we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, just stirring, activating the gifts on the inside of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, oh God, for every God-given assignment that's represented on this call, oh God. I declare that clarity of purpose, oh God, that their purpose shall be uh, even clearer, oh God, that they shall know more of their calling, oh God, what you call them to do in this season, oh God. And I come up against the spirit of deception, oh God. I cancel it. I curse it now. I uproot it. I send the blood of Jesus to send confusion to the enemy's camp in their lives, oh God, uh, to uproot every demonic seed that has been planted, whether it be fear, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, whatever it is, the spirit of ever we cancel we cast out now in the mighty name of jesus oh god and we declare now in the name of jesus oh god that each and every one under the sound of my voice they shall be who you called them to be they shall do what you called them to do oh god in the mighty name of jesus and i declare now oh god that your spirit of peace shall hit their homes oh god like never before oh god i declare right now in the name of jesus oh god i am part unto them oh god a greater dip oh god a greater level of faith oh god i am parted unto them now oh god that they shall be challenged oh god they should be i catapult them forward in the spirit realm now, oh God, stir them up on the, in the inside, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I declare now, oh God, that they shall dream dreams and have visions, oh God, on a higher frequency, oh God, and, and I push them forward deeper, deeper, I push them deeper in the spirit, oh God, as you launch them into the deep, oh God, I push them deeper into the spirit realm, oh God, I declare they should be more sensitive in the spirit, I declare their discernment shall be heightened, I declare their wisdom shall be increased, oh God, in the things of you, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God, Lord, dispatch your angels to encamp all around them, O oh God, to protect them, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I declare now, O oh God, that you send your ministering angels, O oh God, to minister to them even at this hour, O oh God, for you know what they're standing in the need of, O oh God. And I speak strength to the angels, O oh God, that they shall break forth, O oh God, and break free from any demonic principality that's trying to hold up any manifestation in their lives, O oh God. I declare that strength to the angels, they shall break free, O oh God, they shall break through, O oh God, and deliver the answer to their prayers, O oh God. So we thank you. We bless you. We glorify your name now. And, oh, God, I thank you, oh, God, for the praise report, oh, God. I thank you for the open doors, oh, God. We declare doors open now, oh, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank you. We bless your name now, oh, God. These and all blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, and so, again, of course, uh, that's, that's all that we have tonight. Of course, you can also visit our website, uh, decorgreen.org. Uh, if you want to sow any seeds, if we continue to advance the kingdom of God here on earth, you have the opportunity to sow into uh, the ministry in the church, Upper Room Kingdom Church as well, uh, by going to decorgreen.org as we continue to advance the kingdom here on earth. We're already working on some things uh, for Africa, so of course we know that that all requires funds to advance the kingdom on earth, and, and for what partners such as you, we will be able to do that. So I thank God for each of you who have been faithful. So God bless you. That's all we have tonight. So again... Remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you next week. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.